This episode of Almost Educational was broadcast live on URY. To listen to the full episode, go to urry.org.uk or click the link in the description. Five students, four students. URY. Listening to you are why this is is uh, almost educational. <laughs> <That's> <laughs> four I almost said the name of my wrong show there. Uh, I'm Colin, as per usual, and joining me today in the studio are uh, Sam, hello, Jess, hello, and Morgan. Hi. Uh, we've got a cracking show for you, but we'll carry. We'll start off with a little bit of music. Uh, we'll have a little bit of Ocean Man by Ween. On air, online, on tap. Of York's official student radio station. URY. Welcome back to Almost Educational. I'm Colin. Now, I believe we're going to go with straight to Sam for our first topic of the day. Yes, we are. Um, the first topic of the day is Bloodhound, which. Does anyone know what Bloodhound is? It's oh, a fast car. I feel like I'm at <laughs> school. It is oh, I am f- in school. <laughs> <laughs> yes, it, it it is a fast car. Um, it's the follow-up to Thrust SSC, which Thrust set the land speed record many many years ago, and Bloodhound is trying to beat it. They're trying to get to a um, thousand miles an hour is their aim, and they've just finished their first stage of testing, where they got to one thousand kilometers an hour. Oh, what's that in real money? In real money, 628 miles an hour. God, that's fast. That is that's fast. really Very quick. Fast. That's really quick. What For context, what things are that fast? How fast do like, planes go? How, anyone? We're, we've got Morgan on the case. Um, Look up the takeoff velocity of a plane. I, uh, I mean, I was looking up the speed of that's sound. That's 170 knots. Um, for a lot to, of put like... it, to put it simply, the speed of sound itself is 767 miles an hour, so they're oh not far God. off, like true supersonic. What happens if you break the sound barrier? I think we're on the ground. You get a I think sonic we're boom. Sonic Same boom, on the yeah. ground? Same thing yeah. happen? Yes. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, yeah I guess so. Ground-based like boom. The ground explode. <laughs> ground-based boom. <laughs> Amazing. So, why are they doing this? Um, there, there isn't really a reason. It's mm. the sort of thing they're doing it because they can. The best kind of and, science. And ca- can we get up to that sort of speed? Because it's been such a long time since the land speed record was broken that why would you not want to try and do it again? Would you say that's because now a lot of the focus is on how we get faster aeroplanes, how we get faster trains? Is is the focus moved to other transport? Would you say that's why? Maybe, because cars have sort of almost been perfected, if you you know what I mean. I mean, it's we say difficult. car though. This thing looks like a rocket on the side. Like it is it's, a I mean, it's a fully literally has a jet engine on it. Yeah. Okay. Well, it's, it's like get another jet engine as well. They've, this is this is without one of the jet engines that hasn't been built yet. Um, and so the reason that they've done all this testing is to work out how all the airflow works around the car and that sort of thing, so that when they put this other jet engine on, they know how it's going to behave. And that, in theory, should take it beyond a thousand miles an hour, which is ridiculous. God, that, I mean, that is that is incredible for a car to do that. So, 
what, do you know like what are some of the challenges with actually doing this um a lot of the challenges are with drag i believe because when you have a car normally going i don't know 60 miles an hour down the motorway um you have air resistance forces that slow you down but they're not a huge amount and you can overcome that but when you start to get really really fast mm. the amount of air you're having to push through is like driving through treacle it's delicious that's that a good analogy that's a good yeah. analogy yeah, yeah. That's a, if, I'm sorry to bring it back to the whole thing I remember you said tail speed of planes this is just a really shocking fact like big jet airliners their takeoff speed is only about 150 to 177 miles an hour and yes. that seems that seems weirdly slow it is very low but the really interesting thing about that and this is the, my plane nerd side is going to come out now the planes when they approach their what they call it, the V1 is there's V1 and a V2 basically V1 is when they start to be this lift happens on the plane and V2 and like you can't go back and V2 is when the wheels lift off the ground right so basically you pull back on V2 and the plane is going really slow but you still need to allow the pilot to make decisions and if you're going much more than that you're suddenly moving so rapidly that anyone controlling the plane is going to have a real hard time keeping up and different planes will do very different things for example and this is a good one the airbus a321 is very very long but it has a very very low uh takeoff speed theoretically uh, it can it can do it can go much lower than some of the some of the other similar planes. Uh, it just sort of takes itself off. It's very exciting. Is that for any? Do we know why, or is that just a? It's just more. I guess it's more efficient, isn't it? I suppose at yeah. the end of the day. Yeah. But uh, you know, when it comes down to it, right? Plane. It's very complicated. I heard, and some physics students can confirm to me if this is the case. But I heard that we don't fully, like fully, fully understand exactly how planes fly. Like we get the basics, but yeah. there's some I, things that I we're just think a bit. You might be alluding to something that, if I'm rightly, is called the Navier-Stokes problem, which is yes. like something. It's like one of those big unsolved problems. That I think is one of the million-dollar prize problems about airflow. Yeah, and we can't figure it out for like real fluids, which because we class air as a fluid technically. Mm. Yeah, oh, a nice glass of air in the morning. Mm. Stay hydrated, kids. <laughs> Air is a fluid, it flows. So it, yeah. Oh, so there's gas a fluid. Gas gases are technically a fluid, yeah. I, I mean oh, that that hurts my brain yeah. a lot. <laughs> Amazing. There's a distinction between fluid and liquid. There, yes. There is. For example, uh uh soup is a liquid. It is. There you go. <laughs> That's your example. There we go. Like, today we are talking about liquid. Today we're talking about soup. My favorite. What's everyone's favorite kind of soup? Hot, hot, hot fire out. Sam, go. Favorite soup. I don't like soup. Oh my. What? Right. I'm sorry. Okay. Right. Thanks everyone. Uh, thanks for joining us. Well, uh, I'll see you later. <laughs> Jess, what's your favorite type of soup? Oh, um, I'm gonna say something really weird. Courgette and parmesan. Wow. Uh, actually, I'll come back to that because I've got a really interesting one. I'm I'm gonna have to be in the Sam camp if I don't really do soup. Oh, I just like hot liquid. <laughs> <laughs> I don't like anything hot. I don't Go tea this morning. I don't do tea or coffee. Oh my goodness! Oh, wow, we have oh, a message in. No, what? Why? 
Yeah. Yeah. Um, Bloodhound is awesome. When I was 12, we had a school trip to see a model of it, and I won a thing, which means that my name would be on the tail fin. Oh, wow. Along with thousands of others, admittedly, when they go off the record. Everyone's favourite absent co-host. I think that could be Alex Towles. That will be Alex Towles messaging us. That's a shame we can't be here. That's such a nice story. And we're totally going to blow past it. Uh, (laughs) He keeps sending messages. (laughs) Apparently, he did work experience at Airbus. And... Yeah, there's like there's other ways to calculate air flooring around a ring besides the well, besides Navia Stokes or something. I can't really tell, but yeah, he's just sending Is us he a message. Is the show by proxy? I mean, he... I assume so at this point. He <laughs> might not get I mean, away from you. Are this right. is Alex Towsell talking about the man who has at least twelve different presenterships under his belt. He will not step away. He will always be listening and always be contributing. And if you want to message in on the website, then you can too, dear listener. Yeah. URY.org.uk That's the URL to go to There is also a text number Which I have unfortunately just forgotten it's 07851 101 313 There we are Oh very professional <laughs> Thank you Oh my goodness It's almost like I've done this before No one really texts the number very often But I'd like them to um, <laughs> Please do um, Now We have uh, more coming up on the way In fact actually Hang on Goodness me I've glossed straight over this Now Uh Oh no. Oh, it's gone. Well, it's gone. Thank you, everyone. We're going to move on with some music. I'm so sorry. (laughs) Today has been a mess, honestly. It's been quite a ride of a show. I haven't had enough sleep for this. I don't know anyone else. (laughs) I know, I know. We're barely 15 minutes in and I'm crumbling, lads. I'm crumbling. Someone's going to have to wrestle the controls off of me later on. Uh, Let's play a little bit of music. This is Fast Car by Jonas Blue. University Radio York. Hello, you're listening to URI. This is Almost Educational. And do you think it's time for a segment? Oh, I sure think it is. Mm. (laughs) Uh, This is our new segment um, that we have just named. Are we going for a third lie? Is that right? I think that is the case. It's been locked in. Uh, I haven't got a locked in sound effect, but if we did... Control! (laughs) Yeah, I'll do. Flashlights on. Uh, And so this, this is the game where one of us gives three facts one of which is not a fact so we give two facts and one lie you could describe it as kind of like two truths one lie or exactly two truths one lie it is two (laughs) truths one lie but we're calling it a third of a lie it's our format gosh darn it it's our format we came up with it totally original yes definitely no one's ever done this before so last week (laughs) Colin managed to outfox us with his tales of rats and now it's my turn. I've got three facts that are all sort of related to Formula One because that's the area I like. So, would you like to hear my first fact? Absolutely, please. Go on. Theoretically, starting well, a good an F1 car could drive upside down on the ceiling. Mm, okay. Mm. Okay. What do we think? What, do you, do like you want to give it? us them all and then so we can talk all. about them? The second one is Sebastian Vettel, who is four-time Formula One world champion. Uh, his 2011 title-winning car was called Fabian. 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 And the third one is that the brakes of an F1 car can reach the same temperature as molten lava. Okay, right. I think we've got some breaking down to do here. Okay. So, which I, one I'm, do you want to discuss first? I feel very strongly that the one about them being able to drive upside down 
is real. I remember. I forget this is through Top Gear or something. I remember hearing that like the downforce of them cars is that strong that I feel like something like that is actually feasible. I think. I think Top Gear. I think they tried to drive upside down through a tunnel. Yeah, uh, with a and like it a sort of went. It sort of. It sort of did it. it if I remember rightly. Really work. Well, it can't. Sort of fell of, off like, the ceiling, really. Didn't you've it? got to think that an F1 car is much lower down, and it is designed to give as much grip as possible. Yeah. So if you had it with proper warmed-up tyres for all the grip, you probably could do it. If Top Gear was doing it with a Saab, though, then it probably yeah, is, it? Yeah. or kind of doing Surely. it with a Saab, then it probably is possible with the. I would be one. more. I would be more concerned about how I ended up on the ceiling because you took yeah. really take a wrong turn there. Yeah. From the middle of Abu Dhabi, and suddenly you're on the roof. <laughs> You're on the, on, the, on the roof of the Yas Hotel. You're like, what am I doing here? <laughs> I mean, the I mean, of course, the downforce is well. The downforce is only one thing. I mean, if you're going upside down, would like would the fuel pump properly still, oh, or would it all like you know go weird? And of course, then you're driving upside down, all the blood's rushing to your head. It's not. It doesn't sound like it would end. <laughs> Does well. it sound comfortable? I, I think theoretically, fantastic. In practice, let's avoid it. Yes, but the but the, okay. but the truth or or lie was theoretically. theoretically. Uh, Therefore, so theoretically, could you do it? Does the physics does Ooh. the physics hold? Caught on caught onto the the actual segment. What was yeah. what was B, B again? It was about B. It was about Sebastian Vettel. Vettel. His 2011 title winning car was called Fabian. Fabian, can you spell would, that, please? Can F- you use that in a sentence? F A B I A N. Would you like me to tell you why? I'd love the, to the know. Story, the story is away. So you know how ships are named after women. So you have like the Mary Rose or the Queen Victoria or whatever. Or the SS, um, uh, SS uh, Isambard Brunel. Yeah. Some, sometimes, they, <laughs> sometimes they do name them after men. Um, Vettel does the same thing with his cars. He names them after so men. So he names them after women. So Julie, Kate, Susie, those sorts of things. Uh-huh. Um, but Fabian is not a girl's name. Fabian is the name of his brother who is a stock car driver, I believe. But the year before that, his brother sadly passed away. And so in honour of him, he decided, I'm not going to name my car after a woman. I'm going to name it after my brother. Fabian. I, I feel like now it's kind of hard to make a joke about this. I know that's, that's um, very, what, it's very it's sad. Hard, why, it's why sincere. women? Why women? Do we know what, why he picked those names in particular? Um, I don't. I think he just finds, just likes it. Just likes the names. Yeah. Likes. Well, I, I, I know lots of people who name their musical instrument. I've got someone who's yeah. got a clarinet called Clarence. Oh yeah. Um, I mean that's like classic. My guitar though. calls. My guitar is called Nigel. Nigel, Nigel, Nigel. Yeah. Nigel look, I didn't even know you owned a guitar. I do, yeah, I do. I also own a ukulele. It's like a smaller guitar. I know yeah. what a ukulele we, is, Colin. <laughs> I don't think I required an explanation. I was just like, why do you own a ukulele? I know what a ukulele is. Can you play the ukulele? <laughs> is that what, that's yeah, what he? That's what he has to do really, next. That's what we're making him do next week. Is bringing a ukulele. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Next segment. <laughs> I can play the. I can play those. Um, it's. Oh, I honestly though the reason I said that was because it was a great setup for a joke. Because uh, the guitar was called Nigel. The ukulele is a bit smaller. It's called Nige. Oh, <laughs> from Thank everyone's. You. Thank oh, you. oh, we've got yet a new another new message from everyone's favourite absent co-host, as he calls himself. My friend's trumpet is called Donald. That is good oh. to know. Thank oh. you. Thank you, Alex. Okay, let's not comment any further on that statement. <laughs> um, we, <laughs> um, 
So we've got one. I think fact. that might not be. Fact. I think that might be a lie. I don't know. <laughs> okay, go on. What's the, the, what's the, the, the final fi- one? The final one was that the brakes of an F1 car can reach the same temperature as molten lava. The brake pads or the brake lights. Uh, the brake pads. Yeah, the pads. Disappointing. They, they probably do. They. I mean, they will get very hot. There's that much friction in their carbon. The carbon pads, so they can get quite hot. But I don't know. Is lava. Lava. I mean, mm. given the rocks have quite a lot of carbon in, right? They do. Wouldn't they melt the brakes? Because like graphite is is same. It's carbon. Graphite is graphite carbon. Is yeah. carbon. Congrats. And that's a rock. Oh my goodness! It's a rock. Is carbon <laughs> a rock? Or is it a mineral? It's it's, a, a it's an element. What's a rock? <laughs> so I literally, I just heard in my headphones. Colin. I just heard, I just heard the news editor from the next room go, "Ooh, when you said that, <laughs> it is an element." But what is it? A mineral as well? What is a mineral? What is a mineral? Why what don't we have a, a genealogist? No, no, a, 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 geo- a geologist, genealogist. <laughs> Got a cousin uh, doing geology, but he's in St Andrews. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, call um, him up. <laughs> Call him up. We'll do it. We've got his number. We'll do it live. Give it after the break. Um, <laughs> okay. Um, hot as lava. Does anyone know how hot lava is? I do. Okay, but, perfect. But I'm, really not, I'm not going to tell you. Oh, for goodness oh. sake. How hot do you think lava is? Really hot. Really, really hot. <laughs> but quite hot, but not that hot. Not like sun hot. Just quite hot. <laughs> That's quite hot. Hotter than an oven. Smaller yeah. than a loaf of bread. Smaller than a loaf of bread. <laughs> How do you measure the size of lava? Like, it's a sort of indeterminable quantity. It's, a, it's, a, it's another liquid. We're back to fluid dynamics, guys. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Uh, maybe... Mm, maybe... Uh, do you know what? Maybe we should just do this and we should just commit. No, you I want to ask another question. You want to ask another question? Go on, then. What's the melting point of... What what the brakes are made of carbon? Carbon, yeah, carbon ceramic. Carbon discs. ceramic. Oh, well, that would increase the melting point though quite a lot. Oh yeah. Oh, see, because we make ceramic things. Ceramic is really good at hot, hot stuff. <laughs> Ceramic's really good at hot. It is good at hot. It handles the heat. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Um, is everyone ready to make a guess? Do you want to commit? Is it the F1 car going uh-huh. upside down? The oh. car called Fabian, or the brakes? being as hot as molten lava okay should we go alright okay so I, I I think that it would be I don't think you will have made up the fact about about Vettel's brother I think that's kind of morbid so I think that one's true <laughs> um, I figure that it feels like okay I don't know if maybe I've just been brainwashed by fiction but it feels like an F1 car should be able to drive upside down that's just how it is. So mm. I'm going to go with the brakes that get as hot as lava. Okay. Yeah, I, I, I'll agree. I I would love to say that brakes... Uh, that that is a lie. But also, um, I feel like agreeing with all, all of you every week doesn't doesn't make this a very interesting game. <laughs> and, I didn't bring a prize this week. I do, I do get your point that it may just because be because like every action movie science fiction movie you drive on the roof of a tunnel mm. I think that is that's a lie okay Sam so are we right or wrong so you're going for fact C fact C and fact A yeah okay so I'll start with fact A fact A is true um, theoretically it could drive upside down 
because the downforce is somewhere between two to three and a half times its weight. Oh I've been God. a bit naughty. Oh my goodness. There is some discussion about this, but it is widely believed that the internals could be configured so that the shell of the car would work upside down. So well, I know what I'm doing this weekend. So that is, <laughs> <laughs> so that is true. Oh my goodness. Fact C is also true. I mean, what? the, the what? brakes can get up to 1,000 degrees C. That's according to the Mercedes website. Oh, it's going to be oh something like it wasn't goodness. called Fabry and it was called Jeff. And molten <laughs> lava is between 700 to 1,200 degrees C. Oh so that's God. true. That's, that's so hot. That's the, unbelievable. The fake fact is fact B. Wow. Amazing. So, shall I tell you why it's fake? Yeah, please. Sebastian Vettel's brother is called Fabian. Yeah. But he's not dead. Oh, he's thank very goodness. much alive. Oh, that's oh, just that makes me feel so much better. Claiming he's dead is a bit mean. Things. Come on. Yeah. <laughs> but he, he does name his car. Would you like to guess what his car is called? Oh, it's a woman's name. Jan Janet. Jennifer. <laughs> Alex, after our missing co host, who everyone loves. Who's so a you. man? Yeah, go on. Kinky Kylie. Oh, my goodness. Well, <laughs> we've got to move. Let's move on from that one, I believe. <laughs> Here's Fleetwood Mac. <laughs> Send us a message via the website uri.org.uk Welcome back to Almost Educational. Uh, we're still here, believe it or not. We've got another little topic to talk about uh, in just a moment. Still joining me, myself, Colin. Hello. Uh, we have Sam. Hello. Jess. Hello. And Morgan. Hi. And apparently Alex is still around uh, and he will be sending in comments, I'm sure, at an alarming rate. Now, the next topic we have, uh, I wrote in the schedule as evolving aerials, I think. Evolved antenna. Uh, evolved antenna, yeah. Anyone got any preconceptions of what that might be? Not not a clue. Perfect. I'm so excited about this. This, this next bit is so in my ballpark, you wouldn't believe. Okay. Now, basically, we have taken antenna design... And then we have taken the theory of evolution and applied it to get a better antenna. Uh, and you can have some wows. Wow. Wow. Thank you. Sorry. Uh, so this, this paper from Hornby et al. from NASA, uh, automated antenna design with evolutionary algorithms. Now, basically, the idea here is that you can take a computer and you can say, okay, build an antenna, and then you compare that through a simulation and if it's very good uh, and if another one's very good then you can mutate them or you can mate them together so that you get a new antenna we'll get it don't worry it gets weirder and then we take the offspring and we mutate that in some way we tweak something randomly and then we try it out and we see how good it is and we keep doing this lots and lots of times over and over again through hundreds of de de generations um, and eventually uh, you'll get a solution to the problem and you uh, you kill off basically you kill off um, individuals or antennas uh, with uh, various tournaments there's lots of ways you can do it and I won't get into the technicalities but you base that off of what's called a fitness score how well they do their job basically so they ran these uh, computer generated antenna designs in a computer simulation evaluated how well they did and then picked the best ones and then they keep doing it over and over again just like biology love it and uh yeah basically long story short is they design some really weird looking shapes but they work remarkably well 
they have a genuinely very high uh, success rate and several of them have even gone to space at this point so this is actually be something they've put into practice this is something that is genu- genuinely used in NASA this paper was published in uh, dear, oh actually it doesn't it doesn't say I thought it my, said my normal question can we get one of these evolving antennas to you are why to get that get that AM even better oh get that crisp cleaning antenna you are why the world's first evolving I mean self tuning would be good if you're a Obviously, you can't see these if you're listening on, on the radio, but I will show my co-presenters here. These are these are the weird shapes, right? So no human engineer would ever sit down and think, oh, yeah, I'm going to design an antenna that... It just looks like someone's taken a bunch of... Coat hangers. Like, right? Yeah, and like just, or messed co- around wire with the coat hangers yeah. and just twiddled them round and gone, yeah, that's good enough. If you're watching on the webcam, there you go. Incredible. That's a genius move. looks like a blooming tentacles, like an octopus or something. Someone's like an octopus and just slammed it on a... They're quite small. And, and actually, they... Oh my God, I'm breaking the studio. Uh, they do quite a good job at, you know, getting gain levels being so small. And that's because when we do this evolutionary thing, you get this randomization and it's you've got a very diverse population and eventually you get really weird things but weird things work you know it's not based off of the same concepts that we uh we would imagine um because if you had to design an antenna i mean you design it with nice straight lines yeah. and sort 90 of degree angles sensible yeah. things you things you would you would you would think to do are to make something that's mm-hmm. a, a shape that we know and not some sort of random yeah it looks as if they've 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 said to a child, "Here's some pipe cleaners. <laughs> Design us an antenna." Yeah, absolutely. I mean, uh, so um, I'm looking at uh, the two images that they've said. Um, it looks like 40 to 80 degrees in angles um, allowed for a very very reliable performance uh, for picking up specific wavelengths. And I don't know much about radio, even though I'm on it on it right now. <laughs> I don't know much about radio signals. Uh, so I've just realised those stuff. antennas are incredibly small. Because you've got um, like I think that's a dime for scale. I'm not yeah. too sure. That is a, that it is looks a quarter. about the size of a five pence piece. Uh, that that's is a, the size of a ten p piece, give or take. Yeah, that's about right. Yeah. So the that's what that's the that's what they're being compared to that is for some reason it took, took my brain a while to click that that, that was the size comparison that, yeah. that is that, that small. is a small thing yeah. they really are very small and we can compact things down you know um, and oh here's the final here's one of the final things wow that, that, that evolved. this is it's basically it's like a big mm. stick uh, with like <clears throat> four prongs in each direction all the way up so it's got this repeating layer that is of, that, like, is, that is just stick. a tower of power that one that's, that's a, weapon. Tower, it's a tower weapon. of power the tower of power gosh it's like raven in here um, <laughs> that is that is the, that oh is my a god raven that name. show was so good oh I loved raven oh, would you guys go on raven Give I so <laughs> I'd love to go on Raven. I, mean, I know. I would go it's on good. Raven. I'd love to materialise into nothing. Yeah. Okay. Oh, gosh. It would really sort out my uni problems. <laughs> <laughs> Got deadlines, deadlines, deadlines. Vaporise me, Raven. Uh, <laughs> okay. Right. Um, with with, uh, with, with uh, evolutionary algorithms and AI becoming this big thing, uh, we've got lots of... of, of different tools at our disposal and I personally think that evolutionary algorithms is one of those things that like it just really showcases taking a new technology that we've developed and shoving it into just a weird situation and seeing if we can solve a problem with it I think that's why computers are great and that's why I study computer science 
Woo! Come study computer science. It's a good. It's a good one. It's it is very good degree, but yes, yeah. I I mean I do CS and maths. So you oh know. well, you look. If you want to be a nerd about it, Morgan. <laughs> if you're a nerd, okay, this whole show is for nerds. Come on. If you're a nerd, write to us at uri.org.uk. Do you study a thing? Maybe tell us, please. Okay. Amazing. Tell us what geeky thing you study. <laughs> I think it's time we played a little bit of a, a word association game. Oh, uh, so yes. just to just to sort of move on. Uh, I'm going to say uh, I'll start and then we'll go just around the room. All right, that's okay. good. All right, I'll start. <clears throat> Evolve. Revolve. Revolver. Shotgun. Ooh. Hey, editing Colin here. For this gang to work, we just played Shotgun by George Ezra. Yeah? All right, back to the show. This is the student radio station for the University of York. Y. Hello and welcome back to Almost Educational with everyone here, still in the studio, we're still here and it's very dark outside. We've and just we realized. have microphones as well. We ne- Can we you believe if we turn them on? <laughs> so sorry. It is dark. Oh my goodness. It's like pitch black. I looked away from the window and now all of a sudden it just goes. Yeah. Honestly. It's, it's mad how quickly the night just changes. And speaking of the night, our next segment is about the moon and how it has power over animals. So mm. says the article uh, yeah. that I looked up yesterday. Um I just thought this was this was really interesting. It sort of links in actually with what we were talking about before, evolution. Oh, what a link! In a really nice way. Um, lots of lots of animals inhabit the night. Um, they do things at, at night. We d- we don't generally do things at night. Um, <laughs> other than, well, other than uh, radio. Crosswork, <laughs> we do radio at night. We do radio. <laughs> Nothing else. That's it. That's that's the rule. But yes, yes. Um, and they've 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 evolved to do things dependent on what the moon is doing. So we know that the moon controls our tides, um, but there's also different phases of the moon. Whether it's a full moon, whether it's a new moon, it's actually hardly anything showing in the sky. And animals have adapted their behaviour to act differently at, at these different times. Um, yeah, but lots of lots of the ones on that they list are marine animals, mm. which sort of links in with the moon's power over the tides. For instance, there is a... I'm guessing it's a, a silvery sardine-looking thing. I think oh, the, that was where I looked at it. It's called yeah. a grunion, which is honestly <laughs> an amazing name. What, an, a grunion? Yes, it's oh a grunion. Oh, my gosh, what a biologist's arm. <laughs> and they, they time their mating around the moon so that they their eggs hatch when the tide is high so that the gr- little baby grunions could all <laughs> swim out to sea. Oh my goodness, that was an incredible moment there. You said tide is high, atomic kittens came into my head and then you said baby grunion and <laughs> my, my brain just exploded <laughs> with all sorts of like bizarre words. It was amazing. You, you know like a, a baby cow is a calf or that sort of thing. Is there a word for a baby grunion? A grunion. I, I now I'm now Grunch. going to see if I can figure this one out. <laughs> a, a it just says young grunion. Oh, <laughs> it's a shallot. <laughs> a grillot. A grillot. Uh, it doesn't work so well. That's such a shame. Yeah. Like a schlot. 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 That sounds inappropriate. <laughs> yes. Yeah, so please move on. on. Please move on. Um, um, so there's those are the those are the animals. Manimals. I combined mammals and animals. Manimals. Uh, what Manimals. I was going to say is, it's not just it's not just sea life. There are also mammals that tie. So mm-hmm. there's a type of lion 
that does a lot of hunting at night and so that lion's prey are quite receptive to what the moon's doing so there's a certain type of I think they're buffalo but someone's going to scroll down on the article um, and tell me it says wildebeest, wildebeest and buffalo and, and buffalo zebras gazelles all these kind of animals are lion prey um the wildebeest make up a third of the lion, lion's diet, so they're quite well sought after. And they are the scientists have found that they are the most attuned of all the prey to the lunar cycle. So when it's really dark, um, and no, no, they can't really see anything that might be creeping up on them, then they'll. I think that's the way around. It is. Mm-hmm. They'll. 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 Being, put themselves in a safer position where there's perhaps less food for them to eat but they're probably not going to get eaten when it's a bit lighter and they're going to be able to tell if someone's going to ambush them then they might be a bit more adventurous with where they look for food at night wow I just I just the grunion I'm sorry okay, to pull it back grunion. but I, it's really it's really caught me I've just read uh, the bottom of the article has like a little description of the onion oh. <laughs> the grunion <laughs> of, of the, the onion oh, that's of different the onion. makes me cry every time uh, small silvery fish found off the coast of Southern California renowned for and this is the quote flinging themselves onto beaches when the moon is full and the tide is high Wow, they spawn on wet sand, but just the image of a grunion <laughs> flying onto a beach. Like, uh, there's nothing about this animal that I don't like at this point. I, it's a fantastic thing. Any sort of fish that does a little jump out of water is uh, majestic. What's that? There's a river. Is it on the Mississippi? Is it goes through in? Uh, is this a, a Tom Scott? No, I don't think it is. Oh, there's even another behaviour. Oh wait, here. it's a slow, it's a slow mo guys. guys. They are on a river. And I it's knew it was. Fish. Some, I knew it was one of the geeky yeah. people I watched on YouTube. They fly all over the place, like through the through the air. They jump out of the water, smacking people in the face. Like, oh my goodness! If God, you've got well. a metal bottom boat, so the light is reflecting off it, yeah. then that's what they most respond to, and they they absolutely is go crazy. They think, it's the, they think it's the moon. This yeah. is one of these. I've just bring it back, cycle around. Uh, I've just scrolled back, and there's this one about um, birds. They're called white brow bright browed sparrow weavers, and apparently, when there's a full moon, they start singing like the male at least in the morning 10 minutes earlier than when there's a new moon so it's like they time their dawn singing to the moon for some reason that's really weird why do they why do they do that is it perhaps the amount of light that triggers them to start singing and because some of them can sing for up to an hour which is incredible I don't think any human would find that comfortable I'm sure someone has but that is Mm. certainly not something you want to be doing every day opera I mean, or to be fair, a musical. To be fair, they usually have at least a bit of a break. Other people sing. You get, you get the lead to something, and then there's a dance break, and yeah, yeah. Yeah. Apparently, it is the extra light. Uh, Scientists think that it kickstarts the singing by looks of things. A lot of a lot of life is really dependent on light. Like in our society now, I don't think we notice quite how much we are still attuned to. Mm-hmm. How to the 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 our, our surroundings and to light circadian rhythms we all yes. probably mess them up 
with our oh. late night laptop work and listen i yeah. used to have can you believe during my undergraduate i had such a good sleeping schedule in third year i was in bed asleep by like half 10 11 i'd then get up at like seven and I'm, eight. I'm sorry this cannot be true this genuinely, is not, genuinely no third year uni student can have that it was much incredible sleep. it was incredible it was like honestly i'd never seen anything like it and i was living it and then i came to york and suddenly it all went out the window <laughs> <laughs> so yeah. i i I'm actually trying to get it back got a slightly better sleep schedule coming to York because at home I'd, I'd never get to sleep I'm, I'm phasing myself out of it now we've started having some, some later lights mm, yeah. but yeah well not anymore when they close all of the clubs but that's still to come later on uh, when we get news hour on little plug there for uh, Matt who's actually left the office so he doesn't oh, even know doesn't even can't even benefit from can't our can't even benefit from our wonderful plug um I love animals. They do really weird things a lot. Yeah. yeah. Maybe that's just bio- maybe that's evolution. <laughs> evolution is, is such a good way to solve problems. It's so good. It, yes. it, I mean, it works. It takes a long time, but it works so good. Well, like that's, it, that's what the whole computer thing's about. If you could simulate something on a computer, yeah. it takes no time in comparison. To do evolution, yeah. What we really need to do is simulate evolution then genetically engineer organisms to be how we make them and then we'll be we'll be super we'll be amazing everything yeah. will be great yes but if everyone's super then nobody's super yeah. if I remember that one line from the Incredibles <laughs> <laughs> oh man I feel what like evolution has been a sort of hidden theme of this show because like yeah. Bloodhound is the evolution of the car yeah. we've had the evolutionary antennas and now Evolution. I would say it's almost as if we planned it, but we didn't plan oh this. Goodness. Oh, whoa. Oh, excuse me. This show was planned at least three hours ago. Thank yeah. you very much. <laughs> and I definitely sort of wasn't reading up on this article whilst eating my tea earlier. I'm definitely not reading up on these articles right now. <laughs> you eat your tea this early. <laughs> well, I live in a house with 18 other people. And oh, so there God. Is... I'm only in the oh. 10 person. <laughs> is this... Uh... Yeah, Halifax. Yeah. Oh. I did wonder Doxed. why I did wonder why I saw. Yeah, that's why I, I live there. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't know you. I didn't know you were Halifax. See, I, I thought got, I told you. I've only got no. eight people I'm living with. I think. Yeah. It's great. Yeah. Well, it, no, it's not great because I used to live with four and now I'm living with eight. But we've got we've got two ovens and hobs sets. Two ovens. It's amazing. I mean, we've oh got three, God. but between... Yeah, but there's a lot of you. Yeah, there's, there's like, a, we've got two between Even the when I was living with seven people in undergraduate in halls, I didn't have two. I only ever had one. It's very yeah. sad. There's a lot of there's a lot of competition, is what I'm saying. That's why I eat at weird times. It's because yeah. I actually want to have room to cook. I'm looking forward to Christmas dinner in double oven. I'm probably not going to cook it in the double oven, but maybe I should try. It's having the, it's having the option. Oh yeah. my god! I mean, can you imagine? You know, you're just there. You've got potatoes. You've got turkey. You've got you know vegetables you want to roast. You've got Yorkshire puddings. Maybe if you really want to stumble down that road, down that dirty hole. Yorkshire like, puddings are great. Oh, yeah, whoa, 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 whoa! There is discourse about whether you should have Yorkshire puddings at Christmas. Yes, there is. Yes, a yes. Lot absolutely. Of there absolutely is none Yorkshire at all. puddings. The is yes. Yorkshire right. puddings go great with any meat. I do not. What they say. do go well with every meat, but here's the thing: I have always, I every year, I'm, I say to my family, I say, I uh, get just do some Yorkshire puddings in the, I'll do some Yorkshire puddings in the, in the over there, pass me the tray, and they're like, mm, no, you can't have Yorkshire pudding for the Christmas dinner, you can't do well, that. I don't know what of course you can. You're, 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 no, I don't understand them. why they have such an aversion to Yorkshire puddings at Christmas. That's just no, that's I not know. Christmas. People I mean, do weird as a family, as a family, as a family, we don't, but no one suggests it, and no one like. 
If you don't su- su- suggest it this year, I love so maybe it. Maybe I will. We are doing Yorkshire puddings. Oh my god, I love. Although they may, they so may then say, "Oh, Jess, you should make the Yorkshire puddings," and and um, my attempt at toad in the hole didn't exactly go to plan. Oh, Just, has everyone who did, does anyone? I I mean, I cook Christmas dinner every year because mm, I I, I, love I, I can't say I have no. I, I it's the one I love. It, I love cooking. It's I like I chopping the vegetables. It's yeah. very therapeutic. Christmas Eve, chopping love up it. loads of sprouts. Sprouts. I love sprouts. Nope. Oh, sprouts are great. Sprouts are the best. But it's no, all the joy sorry, of a cabbage. Not, I can't say about in a tiny little, I, I, tiny little parcel. <laughs> this is where all this is where I just realised that I am such a picky. I do not like much vegetables at all. See, the thing is, right, with sprouts, you've got to cook them. You can cook them in so many different ways. My favourite is it. I mean, I realise this is a cooking show now. Much um, <laughs> like every conversation I'm involved in, it's not space this week. Well, we had space antennas. Now we're doing food. Yeah. Basically, you ch- you slice them up and then you pan fry them in butter and garlic and maybe some bacon lardons. Though we don't oh, do oh, that oh. because my family's Jewish and they don't like it. But if I had the option, I would. Just so everyone's clear. Anyway. <laughs> I feel like we've diverged a bit here, but uh, moving on from our evolutionary theme, this is Tones and I with Dance Monkey. On air. Online. On tap. Union of York's official student radio station. You are why. Thank you for joining us here on Almost Educational. This has been quite the episode. Uh, just in, uh, Alex, our co-presenter, has said that he does indeed like some Yorkie puds with his Christmas dinner. So, just so everyone's clear, where the show stands, on Yorkshire, Yorkshire puddings, puddings yes. all the way. Yes, uh, yes, 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 yes. What do you think? Let us know. At URY1350 on our social media, Instagram, Twitter, and Snapchat. Let us know. Uh, as well, you can get your topics into the show. Uh, that's about all we've got time for, I'm afraid. We're rapidly, rapidly running towards the end. Uh, uh, as per usual, um, you can let us know what you think through our social media and get your questions ready for the next show at uri.org.uk to keep up with what's coming on and there's more later. I've been Colin, Sam. Goodbye. Jess. Farewell. And Morgan. Arrivederci. Thank you so much for joining us. Broadcasting to York University. You are mine. You've been listening to the podcast version of Almost Educational, the URY show on Wednesdays at four o'clock. You can catch the whole show at urwy.org.uk or click the link in the description. And don't forget to tweet us with your comments, suggestions and questions at urwy1350 on Twitter with the hashtag AlmostEDU.